0: Welcome back to The Attention Podcast, where you can learn how to gain and retain the attention of your buyers to build an audience. I'm Dan Sanchez with Sweetfish, and today I interviewed Brian Robinson, who is the SEO director at Evercommerce, about the power of SEO applied to audience growth. In the episode, we cover the role SEO can play in attracting the audience for other channels, how SEO can build an audience by itself, and what most people miss when it comes to SEO. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you having me. So we've both heard that SEO is dead. Where do you feel like SEO is currently at? Like actually at?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I first started dabbling in SEO in 2003 and it's been alive and well since then. I had an e-commerce site that did really well. So if you think... uh, You know how long ago that's been? Twenty. You know, it's we're going on twenty years just since then. So um, SEO is alive and well, and uh, and it is thriving. I think it will be around for for quite some time. Yeah, and I think as I think as Google, you know, Google's looking for the best experience for every website. They're looking for the best experience for their customers. That's been the the whole goal for um, you know for Google since day one. But as they get better and their algorithm gets better they refine that but as SEOs we just have to continue putting out the best content and
0: again SEO is going to be around for a long time. It's funny I noticed or I've read reports that Google sends more and more traffic every single year. Now they're taking more of that traffic for themselves every year but still there's actually more traffic going to more sites every year. Yeah. And that it's still worth going after because I don't know about you but I'm using Google to find answers on a regular basis. I pretty much did it like 10 times in a row just for dinner last night because my family and I were curious about the origin countries of Disney movies. Yeah. So what did we do? We Googled all of them, right? <laughs> That's it. Where does Snow White originate? France or Germany? You know, you're like, I don't know. We were just looking at all of them. We yeah. were hitting all these websites. And of course, they were quick churns. But like people, it seems like Google's just kind of part of life now. and We forget like how often we actually use Google to navigate life. Yeah, right. It's not going away.
1: I know. I totally agree. I think uh, and and what you said is kind of key. And you you guys are looking for uh, answers to questions, you know, and that's not going away. I mean, in fact, with all the distractions that we have and all the technology and all the things that that we have to do, sometimes you just have enough time to slow down, ask a question real quick and get an answer. And it's a lot different than what it used to be, where we dive into you know websites, one after the other. We nobody has time to do that anymore. So we ask questions, we ask quick hit questions, and we go to Google typically, and we get the answers fast. And so that's that's going to be here for a while.
0: Absolutely. So since this is a show focused on audience growth, I know SEO can be used for many things, and many B two B companies are especially focused on SEO for product pages and bottom of the funnel type stuff, and that's all well and good. But where do you think SEO's best used to grow an audience of some kind?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I don't know what your thoughts are on RSS feeds. You remember when they used to be the big thing? I do. People would, yeah, subscribe to all these RSS feeds, and you could grow a pretty good audience that way, but it sort of died. Yes, they're still technically around, but uh, with Google Reader and all the things that have kind of come along, RSS feeds are you know, and then plus just time. I mean, people just don't have the time to, to subscribe to tons and tons of stuff. You know, I subscribe to a few podcasts. I, I have a few things here and there, but I'm very picky. So that's no longer really the way. And, and blogs used to be that somebody was very loyal to a blog. You remember a blog, you go to a blog, you know, that was always the way. And um, that's kind of gone away. There are a few blogs like that. But Typically, you if you subscribe to a blog, I, I'm subscribed to a few, then I get those those updates via my email. So uh, again, email, I think, is one way. And and we've said this for, this isn't going away, but email is a way. So as SEO traffic uh, drives to your site, there's there's still a way to grow that audience through email. I think that'll always be there. You know, and, and like on an e-commerce site, you can do it through discounts. I think it's a great way to do it. We used to have this, what, you know, sign up for our newsletter. That's not, nobody's really, that's not exciting. Nobody wants to sign up for your newsletter. But if, you know, if you have some great guide or a course that you can exchange for an, for an email, that's still a great way to to build your email list. But I think the thing that I would say about growing an audience with SEO is it's more about the audience is there. There's a giant audience out there and SEO helps you put, yourself, your website in front of that audience. And I'll give you an example. So I'm sure you've heard of uh, Healthline, uh, Healthline Healthline.com. Yeah. So they're huge. Yeah. So they're huge, you know, B2C mostly medical info website. They compete. uh, They've got a bunch of competitors. But uh, back in 2011, uh, they were actually dying because they were basically using licensed content, not their own unique content. And so their their website was just kind of dying. So they invested in 2011 a ton of money into building unique content and really great uh, content. And by 2013, I think they were worth over 21 million or they had 21 million in revenue. That site is giant now. It ranks for over, I think, 32 or 38 million keywords today. It's a huge site. And uh, again, they have built their site by growing an audience or putting themselves in front of this existing giant audience with SEO and with great content.
0: It makes a lot of sense. I mean, when I think of, usually when I think of audience, I think of like some kind of owned media yeah. of which they've subscribed to me somehow. And it could be as loose as social, you know, there's an algorithm in between us, but they've still opted in to connect or follow me. Yeah. It could be podcasting where they're listening to like this show, or it could be an email list or a text message list of some kind. It's usually when I think of when I think of an audience is an opt-in audience. Yeah. But you're right. There is another audience that's looser, right? Like I think of like when I'm searching for medical things, um, like I actually don't like Healthline as much as I like WebMD. And I compare them both sometimes. I find that WebMD, I don't know. I, I find that Healthline is going to approach things more experimentally. Yeah. And I, for me, it just lacks the credibility that WebMD has. And I actually just look for WebMD. Even if I'm like, these are my symptoms, if I have an option of three, yeah. I'm going to WebMD. Yeah. But I'm not on their email list, though I would consider myself part of their audience because I like their how they organize their information. Yeah. It's interesting, way. Anyway.
1: And that's a big part of it is like when you do put yourself, like WebMD's been around for a while and they're, you know, you think, wow, they're a brand, right? Healthline's not really a brand yet in, you know in comparison to WebMD, but WebMD built that brand by putting themselves in front of that audience, by SEO, by this great content. And and now a lot of people like you just know them by, it's a household name. And so yeah. they, they have built an audience, even if you're not, I'm not subscribed to WebMD, but I'm also very right. familiar with what they do. And if I'm looking for something uh, like you, a little more authoritative uh, than WebMD is top of mind.
0: That's interesting to think about building an audience a brand play. And I'm sure that's how a lot of B2C brands look at it because like you have your favorite B2C brands That you are definitely an audience of, but you're not necessarily, like, subscribed to any of their channels. Exactly. But you're paying attention to everything that brand's doing, right? Like, one of my favorite companies is uh, Peak Design. They make backpacks and camera gear. If you're a a backpack snob, you've probably heard of Peak Design, especially (laughs) if you're in the media marketing space. Because they have really expensive backpacks. I love it. I follow everything. Every new product they launch, I I pay attention to and I read the specs and I watch the video. Just for fun, I watch the video, even if I know I'm not going to buy it. I'm part of their audience, for sure. I do not get a single email from them. I don't follow them on social, Yeah, but I show up every once in a while and I consume their content.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and as, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but what you just said makes attribution really hard these days. Because, yeah, yeah I, I have a lot of the same type of um, brands that I follow, but I'm not connected to them by uh, social or email or any of that. So attributing me is sort of hard. I'm just a I'm just this guy out in the uh, organic, you know, content that you know they don't know me. But again, yeah, you're exactly right. Growing an audience you know, brand recognition, SEO, it, it really does play well together.
0: So if I'm trying to build a brand, like what's some of the ways I can use SEO as a tool in order to build that kind of an audience? And it's currently broad audience. So we're talking about branding, but at the same time, SEO is usually not considered a brand play. It's usually the opposite, right? It's very direct response related. So how do you, how do you connect SEO to building that kind of a brand audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, of course, uh, you guys, you know, you've heard, I know Dan and, and, and a lot of your audience probably has, uh, of EAT, you know, expertise, authority, and trust. It's come up a lot more in Google these last um, couple of years. But there's a lot, if you think about that, expertise, authority, trust, if you are building the type of content that falls in those categories, it's expert content, it's built with authority and trust. I mean, that is you know the, the tenets of a, of a good brand, right? And so uh, building that kind of content and Google obviously rewards you by ranking that content is I think it just kind of goes hand in hand that you if you do that and you do it enough and you become like even Healthline, yeah, they're not, they're not a WebMD and they don't have quite the same authority as, as WebMD has, but they have 38 point2 million keywords they rank for, so they are on the way to building. You know, even if it, they're a second tier, uh, they're building an audience and building a brand behind that.
0: I mean, they're they're not WebMD as far as the brand goes, but they're yeah. certainly like a freaking not Like they're huge. Yeah. Like I only know about them because I was like, "What's one of the most competitive keywords in the world? <laughs> How to lose weight?" Got to be one of the most competitive keywords of all yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Who ranks for it? Healthline does. Yeah, and I've studied the article in depth to figure out what. I mean, there's backlinks and site authority and all that kind of stuff. So that yeah. stuff aside, what does this article look like in order to rank for the most one of the most competitive keywords of all time? Yeah. And so that was a really good study for me. But that's how their their name stood out to me as I was looking at them from like, what are they doing? And there was a number of interesting things they did that most people weren't. I'm not here to we're here to talk about those kinds of SEO pieces. Right. But it was an interesting that's how they stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. They're big. Where do you think most people can get started? Let's say they haven't done a lot of SEO. They're a B2B SaaS company. They've done some stuff. They rank for a few keywords, but they want to grow their audience. They specifically want to grow their email list, right? And they're not just creating an automated drip sequence. They have a branded newsletter. It's delivering good content. They want to grow it. Where does SEO play in?
1: Yeah, I mean, growing an email list, it's... Obviously, getting a lot of velocity, getting as many. I, you know, I would I would start thinking top of funnel keywords for something like that. You want to grow an email list. You want to get as many people to the site as you can. Try to convert those people over to an email. So starting off with some keyword research and then breaking up. You know, those those high search volume uh, keywords, those big terms that are very relevant to your business, uh, to your service that are. You know, if it's it's not, you know, how do I lose weight? Obviously that you're, you're going way, way too high there. Uh, but find something that, um, you know, find some. depending on if you have, if your site already has domain authority and it's already been around for a little bit, this is a lot easier because you can push that domain authority down and you can rank these articles faster. If you're a brand new site, you know, I'd go a little longer tail, but still something with some search volume. And again, use some keyword research. I mean, Ahrefs, Ubersuggest are, are some great tools but get in there and write, write content. I, I like Brian Dean. I know you, you follow Brian Dean. He's been around for, for a while. I like how he, he writes content. It's very digestible. He uses a lot of images and embeds and, and things like that. I think, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Backlinko was just acquired by SEM Simrush. So that's pretty interesting. He built his brand up so, so big that Simrush bought it. But get in there and um, and just start with with content. And to me, informational content right now, how to, you know, response posts is where it's at. And that's where I would
0: start. For those of you listening, a response post is a shorter post, usually going after a long tail keyword. It's about a 1200 word post, is that right? Yeah. But it's, it's shooting for keywords that probably have some volume, yet few people have written actual articles for it. If they're ranking for it, it's ranking by mistake. Like they didn't mean to rank for it. They just wrote an article and bam, it ranks for it. How are you finding uh, like keywords that are worth writing response for, posts for these days?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, and this is especially good for somebody that's kind of starting out, but either way, even if you've got a site that's that's been there for a while, so you 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 always start with a seed term, a seed keyword, you know. And so if I'm gonna go do keyword research with Uber suggests, hrefs. You know, I plug a seed keyword in. I might get some topical ideas. I might get some. There are some. Href's does have a, a question uh, section. You know that you can click on the questions. But what I what I do is just use Google search. So I would go out and put the seed term in Google search, and then the people also ask section of the first page. There's usually some questions right there that are long tail and perfect for for writing an article. And you know that's uh, low hanging fruit for me. And those can also be used in bigger articles if you want to put FAQs or things inside of an article, but those are great for uh, a response post.
0: Where do you think most people are missing it when it comes to SEO?
1: I think that, so, you know, I mentioned Brian Dean a minute ago. He put a research, he put some art, uh, or research out here a while back that talked about the length of blog posts. And so his thing, and I know this is, this 1800 word thing you've probably heard of, where I can't remember how many articles he researched, but that of all of the articles on the first page of Google, they averaged around 1800 words in content length, right? That number is actually getting a little bit smaller over the years. But I think where people miss it is chasing, uh, chasing word count too much. And so uh, people that get good at content They're, they do really well at looking at competitor you know terms and I mean one of the best ways to go find out you know if I'm gonna write an article on this topic you know how to lose weight obviously would be a tough one right but the w- first thing I do is I'd plug that into Google and find out who ranks right and what is their content that's what you did is you went and looked at what healthline looked like right so obviously not that competitive but if I was to do that I'd, I'd plug the uh, the term in and see what's there. Where people are missing it is they're saying, okay, here's, here's the first five articles, and they all average 3,400 words. So, I'm going to write 4,000 words, right? Well, if you really deeply look into these you know, five articles, then there could be 40% of fluff or, you know, things that, that aren't high quality. And it's the 3,400 word count really doesn't make sense then. So if we would, instead of just chasing word count, be very succinct in answering the question and just writing high quality content, I think that's what Google's looking for today and not obviously, you know, us chasing word count is not going to get us somewhere because I've actually tried to do it and come up short. And realize that it's because I chased, you know, a four thousand word blog post instead of just answering the question well.
0: I agree. That's probably the biggest thing that I see when it comes to SEO. We're just writing flimsy blog posts for the sake of word count. You're like, okay, just because it's five thousand words doesn't mean it has a lot to say. Yeah. Right. It's like a college paper. You (laughs) literally wrote the same sentence three times just to hit the word count. Exactly. Right. And I've, I've actually was a college professor for class twice (laughs) reading those papers is the most like mind numbing like want to like stab your eyeballs kind of work that I've ever done I thought writing college papers sucked. no reading and grading them is the worst ever. it's because they've written like this and it's just horrible a lot of HubSpot articles feel like that to me now I'm like we're really not saying anything I agree. We literally have just written blog posts by people who don't understand what they're talking about, but they did a Google search and compiled all the best information they could, Yeah, which used to work. Now it doesn't. Now you actually have to be substantial and you can do that in 750 words. Yeah. Probably at least good to match the rank, top ranking number, right? Or the average of the top three and just write something that actually gives a better answer that has new information that you couldn't have got online. That's what the secret is, right? put something that isn't a commodity piece out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I had one pro tip on that. If a lot of people order blog content from agencies, whatever you do, be very careful. If you say, I need this, if you have a content outline you send over and you say, I want 3,500 words, be very careful doing that because what you just described could very easily could happen and does happen. I just got a blog post back. As a matter of fact, last night I looked at one and it had literally the first part of the blog post, the first uh, 60% was really good. It was about 80, 90% good. And then they almost took a complete new topic and just overlaid it to try to fill the word count in. So be very careful uh, when you order a blog post.
0: Gosh, that's true because Google won't count that. No. If you try to just answer like a secondary question that's related to the first question yeah. that they're asking in their the search query, that doesn't count towards the word. It has to actually stay on topic, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) even if it's related.
1: Yeah. If it changes topic, it's yeah, it's not good for sure.
0: It's like how to run a faster marathon. And then we're talking about recovering from a marathon. You're like, no, no, we didn't talk about marathon recovery. That's not the same topic, even though it's related and they might be interested in the same topic. That's a different blog post. Yeah. Right. So what's been the most helpful for you in trying to learn and get a mastery of mastery of SEO, like what have been your top resources?
1: Honestly, I think you know you have to be very very selective with who you follow, and I think I follow some people who who do it well. But um, honestly, listening to podcasts, what what ends up happening is if you you know you go through and you find some SEO experts on podcast, when you listen and you hear very actionable. Things in insights where you're like, "Hey, I've been doing SEO for you know 18 years, and I haven't heard that before." I usually stick to that person. You know, I usually listen more. I go a little bit deeper. So, I think with me uh, trying to find those guys who are uh, those people that are give a little bit more than you would expect for free. You know, in a podcast or in a in a blog article any YouTube, but uh, it's one of the ways I found the Income 20, you know, the Project 24 Guys Income School, you know, they give a little more than than what you would expect or what you're used to. And those guys, I usually kind of stick to and um, kind of build that, that little network up uh, for myself. I think that's helped me a lot.
0: Well, fantastic. Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the Attention Podcast. Where can people go to learn more about you and EverCommerce online?
1: Yeah, uh, so Evercommerce is at Evercommerce.com. It's actually uh one site of many. Uh EverCommerce owns and uh has acquired over 40 subsidiaries. So uh there's there's quite a few and we've got a lot going on there. It's exciting. And then also uh, I've got a I'll just plug, I've got a little e-commerce site, 316Ts.com. And uh then I have some other sites as well, but I'll I'll leave that plug there. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Brian E. Robinson on LinkedIn.
0: Fantastic. Again, thanks for joining me today. All right. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Now, let's talk about what caught my attention in this interview. SEO is a freaking huge channel. It's massive. It's massive. It's massive. There's only more and more searches happening every single year. It's a channel you should probably think about getting founded. And yes, I still have the two-channel role in SEO via blogging would certainly be its own channel. But if you have some writing chops or you have a team that has a like stronger writing emphasis, SEO should be in your consideration for your long form channel. And while I've known that for a long time, what's become more clear to me in this interview is that there's an additional element why you would want to rank for SEO, beyond the fact that it pours free traffic into your site for years once you've done it right. It's kind of an upfront cost, but the the cost over time goes down substantially considering how much traffic, good traffic it brings to your articles and to your website. When that blogs are properly optimized, it can convert and turn into customers, it can turn into newsletter subscribers, it can turn to all kinds of things. Because once you have a lot of SEO traffic coming in, you can direct that traffic to go where you need it to go. But the other thing that I didn't realize from this interview is how SEO can be such a strong brand play. And to think about it, I've actually done it a few times myself. One for the last college I worked for, it was a niche, a very, very niche college, but I swear you couldn't show up anywhere in that niche without one, two, maybe even three articles showing up from that college website for that specific topic it was trying to rank for. And then we even created a larger site that was throwing in some articles into the queries as well. So if you're doing SEO right, you can really dominate an entire small niche and just be everywhere, right? SEO is so big that you could be everywhere on social, which is fantastic, but you can also be everywhere on search, which is also great. And all of that can add up to brand, right? Which is reputation. People see your link and they're like, oh, so-and-so had something to say about this, or I got to take a look at that. Pretty soon, the brand plate builds and SEO is just one more place where people can discover you and a really good one because it's where people go for answers. Now, while there's lots of people saying SEO is dead, I disagree, which is why I loved having Brian on the show. So that is a new way to consider building an audience is a looser brand branded audience, just like we talked about with WebMD. That can happen with your brand. Maybe not as big as WebMD, but there's certain, why couldn't you be the WebMD of your tiny little niche? So that everybody, anytime someone has a question on your topic and they're Googling it, they find you. They find you. Or they just Google it expecting to find you. Or just go straight to your website. That's what can happen when people are finding your search results better over and over again in your niche.